0: The one thing that is undeniably universal is that death is inevitable. The death of a loved one is unsettling, regardless of the situation, and as such, those at the end of the process serve an invaluable role. Our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc & Munt and the Cremation Society is here to tell us how funeral directors are here to provide much-needed assistance. Our main job is to educate, to comfort, to give them order, and to help them consider celebrating the life of the person that they lost, which is very therapeutic for them in the long run. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc & Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media. Hello everyone, Talk of the Town is up and running in Oakware, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Monasano and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. A hello to everybody out there. Welcome on into our edition for today. Here in the, the, the middle of January, we me we, we meander on through what arguably is the worst month of the year. I mean, everybody always talks about what's the best time of the year. And you almost feel guilty leaving any time out. Oh, you, you love the holidays. You love the spring. You obviously love the summer. You love the fall and all that. But you, you have to have a worst. You always have to have a worst. And I think January is easily the worst month of the year. Maybe some of you have got some things to, to 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 save it, if you will. You've got an anniversary. You have big events. You have something you do every January. But but forget about you. This is all about me for the moment. January is the worst month of the year. You're coming off the high of the holidays. There isn't really anything that's that's annually big. In January that I look forward to Now there's always all all these little things There's always sports, there's always family TV shows, all that stuff But uh, it's usually miserable in January And the weather the last few days Ooh, reminder of uh, (laughs) the fact that we are We're very much in the upper Midwest Uh, It is is cold, it is curse-worthy cold In the Chippewa Valley it is not just cold, it's bleeping cold. <laughs> well, a great way to warm up is to follow all of our great podcasts. Check them out at echometownradio.com. A lot of great podcasts we have out there. <clears throat> Check them out. All new breakout sessions featuring Eau Claire's own Ty Emerson has dropped uh, today. Uh, we got a great uh, downtown Menom podcast that dropped a couple of days ago featuring the Department of Public Works in Menominee. Hear the story of Randy Ide and how he has traveled all around the country and is now right here in western Wisconsin helping to lead the charge for the Department of Public Works in, uh, in Menominee. Uh, check all of that out. And of course, some of our most recent shows here with talk of the town. And as the kids like to say, uh, smash that subscribe button on Spotify and iHeart. Spotify and iHeart, uh, follow us there. So a number of things to get to. By the way, we've had great response, listenership and whatnot to our podcast on Tuesday. And if you haven't listened yet, go back and check it out. We talk about that long-form letter to the editor Written by County Board Supervisors Mark Beckfield and Steve Chilson addressing the Department of Human Services investigation, and they take clear shots at some of their at some of their fellow supervisors, and basically they're regurgitating what I've been telling you for the last several months, and now they're not just they're not copying it because I said it. It just so happens that their line of thinking and my line of thinking are running parallel, which makes them brilliant because they're following Scott Montesano. If, if, your, if your thought process is in line with mine, your head can hit the pillow comfortably every night because I tell you right now, you're, 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 you're winning at life. <laughs> but a great conversation, and again, one of those things the store in the back folks that's a that's a story ready to pop at some point in 2022 will be the department of human services findings from sheriff ron kramer's office and that story is going to go any number of ways right down to the fact that we could have a situation that would be really messy if we have a joe lugan bill situation in which the sheriff office finds a number of things but it gets swept under the rug by DA's. We'll we'll have to we'll have to see. We'll have to find out. But people have put their reputations on the line on this. Remember, I'm not saying they're guilty. Truthfully, from a from a a standpoint selfishly of What would generate the most amount of listeners and feedback and all that if there is significant dirt? That would be great for our show. But as a local resident, you hope there isn't anything. You hope there isn't. And then we can go forward and begin to spend more money. But I have a hard time thinking they're not going to find anything. And even if they don't find anything... There are still a lot of questions as to why they made themselves look so guilty in the last couple of years, and their surrogates have only made it worse. Nick Smyre has made it only worse in the last two years. I don't think it's a cover-up, because I don't think these people are smart enough to put put together a cover-up. But they've operated like it's a cover-up. I don't think it's a cover-up. I think they're too stupid to pull that off. (laughs) They're not organized enough. (laughs) It has looked messy. Uh, But we continue on. We'll we'll be able to touch on the Department of Human Services story is the story that keeps on giving. Where's that boyfriend-girlfriend that that do that, that great podcast series on that? I'm wondering, by the way, that, that that couple that did that podcast series that, uh, that uh, attacked Joe Luganville. Well, where, where are they on the Department of Human Services uh, story? <laughs> oh, we continue on, though. Uh, story, by the way, and th- this was a story I guarantee you, you all clicked on because when you saw it, you went, oh, boy, this could be something really big. And that is country jam moving now you see that these music festivals are apt to move you don't think of them as moving like a a sports franchise but or a business but they can move and they can move significantly and a lot of these music festivals are not doing well in the last few years nationwide but lo and behold don't worry country jam isn't really going anywhere it's still very much in the area. But the news coming down that Country Jam has plans to move to the town of Whedon. So pretty much Chippewa Falls. Town of Whedon is like the town of Union is to Eau Claire. Not really a suburb, but its own separate governmental entity and all that sort of thing. But Country Jam, the plan is to move out to this plot of land off County Highway T, near 53 by the way. They'll move out there to this plot of land starting in 2023. That is their plan. They will make it their own. They want it to be their property. They're going to put permanent structures in there, make it more of a year-round event space. No permanent stage, though. They wouldn't have a permanent stage like uh, they have out at Country Fest and Rock Fest, uh, those grounds out in Kadat. But they'll have permanent buildings and all these things. And it would be their land. There's a long way to go with this. They really don't have the financing lined up for this yet. They may be putting cart before a horse. This announcement may be a way to try to go and get more financing for it. It may also be a way of throwing, a, reading the tea leaves. If a lot of people don't like it, they may backtrack on it. We'll have to wait and see. But the idea is they're going to move to the town of Wheaton. Not that, you know, it's not insignificant to people that are used to going to the current location, which has its ills, but has its sentimentality. But it's not that big of a move. If they were announcing they were going to Rice Lake, if they announced they were going to the southeastern corners of Eau Claire County, you might be a little bit more out of it. If they were going over to New Richmond, they're kind of out of the, the, the localized space. But by going to Chippewa Falls, they're still very much in the area. There are some things that can't be ignored. You might get more hotels purchased up in the Chippewa Falls area, and thus Chippewa County gets the benefit as far as room taxes and stuff like that but again it's staying in the area there is to me looking at this story no negative side of this story from a grand perspective if you really love that location and you just don't like change i can understand it you go why well, change i don't like it it's no different than when again sports teams you know uh, will, uh, will 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 change uh, their stadiums within a community. That whole thing. You know, it, it's still change. Even if it's better, it's still change. Town of Union loses out, and no doubt maybe some Eau businesses will lose out as well, offset by the growth in other areas. But I don't see overall a negative story to this. Events still very much in the area. Now that being said, I love the looking online because people inevitably use this as an opportunity to throw out their frustrations about other things and used this as the validation for it, namely to rip apart Eau Claire politicians. This has nothing to do with Eau Claire city politics Against the town of Union, anyway, that they're that they're leaving. It has nothing to do with Okla County politics. It has nothing to do with the, with 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 this or that or, or things you're bringing up from 20 years ago. It has nothing to do with any of that. They want the the people that run Country Jam want to have their own space. They don't want to be a leaser. They want to be an owner. That's what they want to be. A number of businesses go through this on a yearly basis. Do I keep wanting to lease or do I want to buy property and build my own spot? And that's what they're doing. Well, why couldn't they stay in Old County? Well, as I said, maybe they couldn't find good enough land. And frankly, again, would you rather they picked this convenient spot in the town of Whedon or would you rather they went... You know, you you go to the eastern part of Eau Claire County, you go to the southeastern portion, you could be 45 minutes to an hour away from the center of Eau Claire. Doesn't look that far on a map, but it takes away. It takes a while. They could have been way out there. Fairchild. Who knows? You know, the same things we used to say about the asinine idea that every county was different with its COVID policies. Same thing applies here. There, there, there is no actual barrier. When you drive on 53, do you feel different when you cross into Chippewa or Okur County? No. You don't feel different. The sky doesn't automatically change. Hell, there isn't even a line. You don't know you've passed. But I just love looking online, seeing people rip, you know, rip apart people that had nothing to do with this move, like it's a bad thing. And I said this we, we had this rant about a year ago, and I and I want to remind everybody of it. It's usually the same about forty people that respond on either QOW or EAU's page. And I'll tell you right now, they know who you are at EAU or QOW. It's about the same 40 to 50 people that respond to everything. Sometimes sit one out. Sit it out. <laughs> Personally, again, I am not a music festival fan. I don't go to the music festivals. I have Nari, a, a shred of interest in a music festival. That That's not me. I know it's a big deal for a lot of you and have at her it's not my thing not my cup of tea and all that sort of thing i still wish in lieu of these music festivals and again i i've run events and i i know profiting and all that sort of thing there's money to be had in music festivals there's benefit to that i i still think an amphitheater would be the better play I'd love to have this area have a ten to fifteen thousand seat amphitheater. You think about it—a festival, even even if they do smatter out a few weddings here and there, and make it a year-round facility, you're you're still only going to have the crutch of your money's coming in one weekend, and you're you're off. You're hoping that one weekend makes your money for the whole year. Whereas personally. If you had an amphitheater, now you're operating a venue that can be in operation from May through end of September. You can gut it out and hope October as well. So many different things you can do and all that, but there's reasons why. Continuing on, uh, the Oakland School System is going to remain in person. I've said this since day one and all that. It's going to remain in person. And Michael Johnson, superintendent, reiterating that again this week to the local media, that they're going to remain in person. If you know the, the idea will be to, if they have to isolate a class, maybe they have to isolate a, a grade level in a, in a school. Maybe they have to take a school and make it virtual. But they have no plans right now to go school-wide virtual. And they're going to gut out these next few weeks, and good for him and good for the school system. And by the way, I'm going to throw this out there. They had an easy out if they wanted to bide more time, if you will. These last few days that it's been very cold, they could have used them as snow days. And by the way, when it was this cold about four years ago, four years ago, I want to say, remember we had that horrible winter that had all the snow days, but people forget we had a very, we had a very uh, precipitation-free winter up until the end of January, and they used days that were as cold as this as snow days because, well, they figured they were going to have all these snow days to use up, and, hey, it's minus 30 with a wind chill. Let's leave the kiddos at home. And then, of course, ended up blowing through snow days. And I understand the number of snow days was different and all that back then. Regardless, they could have, util- they could have justifiably, not only the Okura School District, but all these other districts could have banged through these last few days by just calling the days off because of cold. But give them credit; they're still sending kids into school. So. Don't expect Eau Claire schools to go virtual anytime soon. Now, you are seeing some other school districts, namely Bloomer, forced into virtual days due to staff shortages. You are seeing them forced into it. Speaking of being forced into things, uh, the Eau Claire Chamber of Commerce saw this because I think it's a microcosm of a number of other things uh, as, as a number of people are trying to bide time. Through what is going to be a bad January and hopefully a better February before we get to March, Oakware Chamber has its annual big event. They call it Oh What a Night. Clever, you know, good for you. Uh, oh What a Night. They're going to push that to March. Usually they have it at the end of January. Going to push it to March gives them and quite frankly all of us for any number of events. More time to get part of my language. Get our shit together. Get our shit together, because that's not because we we have been rattled here for the last two months. How to operate? How do we live with COVID? How do we all these all these things? How, you know, we got to get through these next two months. Everybody stay as safe as they can. Things will hopefully reset in April march april like any respiratory illness and we have to have a better course of attack going forward we have to be able to live our lives at the same time what can we do to prevent tremendous peaks of covid because i think we'd all agree we can't we can't live with the peaks that we have But at the same time, we can't just keep living our lives in, in in fear. There's a balance. We've all got to get our shit together. Continuing on, uh, the Oakhurst City Manager search continues on. Uh, they hope to have some names here soon. Saw this yet yeah, uh, today? Uh, yesterday, come through, and I think it's an okay idea just want to make sure a couple of things are okay with it. Uh, Emily Anderson on the Eau Claire City Council is working with the Eau Claire schools. I wonder if she's getting Regis involved in well as well, but she's talking to the Eau Claire schools about getting student opinion on traits the city manager should have. She's even drafted up a, a little uh, survey herself. To get an idea of what students want to see in the city manager. I like it. Especially high school students. Yeah they're not old enough to vote. But again. This is not a voted position directly. But they live in the community. What do they want? These young adults. These these teenagers are going to be the people. That in 10 years. 25 to 30. Are beginning to. Put their feet. Into the. The. Uh, business world in the area or even if they're not in the area they're somewhere else and having their ideas may bring them back all that so so what do these young people want and again what they want now might not be what they want in 10 years but getting them involved getting the idea of what the teenage population would like to see what should a city manager have and while teenagers aren't usually as blunt as, say, an eight-year-old. Sometimes, though, the teenagers can provide you a much more black and white, clear definition of what they want to see. Whereas adults are trying to kind of play all sides and, and maybe overthink it, a teenager will say, I want this. They have not been blunted by the realities by the realities of life yet. So it could be refreshing and it could also be a reminder to all of us as to what we're looking for. yeah you know, ask you ask a person in school. I want somebody that's honest <laughs> all these things. you know it's, it's we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. now now I read the article today in the leader telegram and saw some of the things. I'm assuming she's talking high school students. Um, if she's talking elementary students, that's what I would call a, a sugar play. It's a sugar play by Anderson if she's talking about elementary students. I call it a sugar play because all she's doing is feeding the community something that the community's not going to disagree with. It does nothing, though, like feeding somebody sugar, just makes them feel good. Politicians or anybody that, that plays the sugar game well they do it to endear themselves to you because no one dislikes someone who peddles sweets you ever upset with the person in the office that brings the cookies no you like the person in the office that brings the cookies you usually have a smile on their face you're not going to fight that person they're bringing the cookies so that's the that's the only thing I want to be careful on this. I think we can get a lot of help. It's useful if it's high school students. If it's elementary students, that's just a that's just a a, a a fabrication for PR. So I really don't want to see that. There's other ways you can involve elementary students. Have more field trips into the school. Have have city government people go to the schools and explain to them what goes on in city government and, and all that, but doing a, a survey with them, that's just wasted time. But high school students, I'd say, go right ahead. I like the idea. In fact, love the idea. sure it's going to cost us, uh, I'm sure somehow or another they're going to find a way it's going to cost us $25,000 out of the city budget to run that survey. <laughs> uh, there's a group wanting to resettle Afghan families here in Eau Claire and in the Chippewa Valley. And you 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 knew this was coming. In fact, I'm I'm somewhat surprised it took this long for it for a group to emerge that wants to help resettle Afghan families here. It's a new group. They go by the name Welcoming New Neighbors, Northwest Wisconsin Chapter, and they're the ones spearheading this move. And they are just now getting off the ground they're looking for volunteers to help orchestrate at all levels of this from flat out helping to find the housing to uh, communication both to the media to local governments uh, to help to stump for what they may need to help to <laughs> they even need, they, they frankly they need volunteers to help them decide what they do need so it's very much in the early stages of this, but the idea is to help Afghan families resettle here. If your first instinct, as I said this, or if your first instinct when you saw this in the local media, if your first instinct was not somewhere between cool or enthusiastically great, so either a cool and immediately moved on to something else because something else caught your eye or you flat out were enthusiastically great, then check yourself. If you were not if you have issues with this, check yourself. And you're going to say, Scott, I've I've got legitimate, hold on, I'm going to address you in a moment. I'm just saying if you're, when you hear this story, you don't have to be enthusiastically behind it, like I'm about to help out myself. But if your thought is trying to figure out ways you can almost stop it from happening or why it shouldn't happen, check yourself. Ask yourself why you think that way. Now, as this group openly admits and explains, it's not simple. This is a long process that takes place over years. And if you want a case in point, look at the Hmong population in this community. It takes time, not just to bring individuals into the community, but help to assimilate into the community. Your ultimate goal is to really have a refugee population become blended in to your community. And that takes time. It takes years for that to happen. But again, if your first instinct is the poke holes in this group trying to do this, Well, we have other issues. You can check yourself. And yeah, there's reasons why, there's reasons that you have to work through. You know, as I mentioned, they need to find housing. Well, We need to find housing for a lot of people. All right? Nobody's saying that these individuals should jump to the front of the line. Nobody's automatically saying that. Nobody's saying anybody should be at the front of the line. We're not talking about that. That's an issue that has to be worked through. You know who's going to help to fund these things, that sort of thing. There's a lot of you know justification for money in a lot of areas. There's a lot of things that have to be decided. But your first instinct should not be why it shouldn't happen. Your first instinct should be okay. Well, what can we do to add this into the issues we have for other things and make the, you know and help bring things along. You know you can assist these families. While also helping others, and frankly, I think we need more nonprofits co-helping each other. That is something I've said for, for a long time. Uh, I'd love to see more nonprofits helping, you know, co-helping each other. You you want to you want to get some fun conversation? You talk to some you you talk to somebody off the record one nonprofit and ask them their thoughts on another nonprofit and they will tell you stories every every nonprofit is sure they're the only one that is doing the uh, the actual work we have a fun converse, had a fun conversation with somebody a, co- a couple weeks ago from a local nonprofit who he was he was throwing everything under the bus about a national nonprofit completely forgetting that you know, there's some really good local people that work at said nonprofit, but that's another story for another day. Uh, ben Loomis is headed to his second straight Olympics. Make sure you pay attention to that. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. I think our area sometimes does not celebrate our Olympians a lot. Yes, do, do a lot of you care about ski jumping? No. All right, Silvermine could try as it might. Yeah, a lot of you aren't, you know, and, Ron Buckley, outside of Ron Buckley, I'm not too sure too many people get jazzed about ski jumping. Still, though, look at it this way. He's an Olympian. Represents not only the country, represents us right here. So whether you like it or not, I'm sure there's things you like and that I like that he couldn't care less about. All right? That's what makes us all different. Enjoy it. Celebrate it. Be excited about it. I, you know, and I, he should be celebrated more in this community. He should have his name up on various marquees. Best of luck, Ben Loomis. Should. Maybe I'm missing a story there. Maybe you know something. You know, his family or him pissed somebody off. I have no idea, but it should be celebrated. Other communities in this country celebrate their Olympians. We have not done it ever. Gotta celebrate. Don't celebrate after the fact. Twenty years from now, when he's doing some sort of. You know, he's, he's around town, and he can say he's a former Olympian. Who cares? All right? I don't. I, former Olympian, I don't care. Let's care about him now when he is an Olympian. And uh, finally, uh, fun story, an O'Claire North grad uh, is going to be performing at the Pro Bowl, the NFL All-Star Game, in a couple weeks. Uh, Danielle Carruth, she's an O'Claire North graduate, graduated just a few years ago. She's 24 years of age. Uh, went to Arizona State, so... Spelled her name at least three quarters of the way correctly and got into Arizona State. And before you start sending me the nasty hate mail, I know a lot of people that went to Arizona State. They're the first ones to tell you that is not necessarily the highest thought of academic school. And (laughs) they're smart individuals. They'll all tell you, they didn't go to Arizona State for the academics. They didn't go to Arizona State also for the partying. They went to Arizona State, though, because it's got a pretty darn good professional network connection. And the partying and the sightseeing isn't necessarily bad either. But it's got a really good professional networking system in its, in its lines of work. So there is a benefit to Arizona State. But Arizona State's not Harvard. <laughs> Arizona State is not uw O'Clair. Claire in terms of academics, but it's got its other benefits. Uh, regardless, though, Danielle Carruth went down to Arizona State, was a dancer in this area, cheerleader, and all that came up through the various systems. Now, uh, since she's been down in Arizona, she's danced to perform with some uh, touring groups that have come through the Phoenix area, is a dancer slash cheerleader for the Arizona Cardinals of the NFL, and is going to be performing at the Pro Bowl. So, So good for her outstanding no matter what her career may be in terms of dancing and cheerleading she'll always have this uh, that's one of those fun things that's you know, that, that's somebody living their that's somebody living their best life which you like to see you know this is usually not a career you're able to do in your 50s or 60s but you've got a hell of a story to tell, and who knows how she may parlay it. may turn out that she herself goes on and opens up her own dance studio, or she might go completely out of the industry in five, six years and do something completely else and be highly successful in that. But who cares about that? Enjoy it at the moment. A local, local uh, resident, uh, somebody from the area, uh, making good, uh, celebrate that. And somebody like a, a Danielle Carruth, you know, for those of you out there saying, "Oh, we're losing all the young people," people like that. There's always a chance you're going to get somebody like her, or other pe- or other people in their young in their early to mid twenties may come back because as you get older, when you're young, you want to be around. You got time to do things and experience things, and that's great. As you get older, and your you become more your your career becomes more of a focus as far as more responsibility you you may end up working less but you got more responsibility as you get older and maybe you've got a family and kids now all of a sudden you don't have time to do something on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night or a Thursday night or whatever and you want a slower pace of of life Then a place with the Chippewa Valley fits in even better because yeah you don't need to have seven different major league sports franchises in the town because you're not gonna be able to go to every single game and you don't need to have you know a 100 music venues all around this area has got plenty to keep you occupied in and of itself it's got plenty to keep you occupied i'm just saying that as you get older usually don't have as much time to take advantage of the benefits a big city has. So all of a sudden now, the, the lower cost of living, all those sort of things, and being around family. So yeah, if you're somebody out there, you're, you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, and you're wondering, boy, am I ever going to get little Johnny or little Susie to move back to town? Uh, have faith in that happening. Give it time. Uh, That'll do it for today's edition of Talk of the Town. Back with you with another edition on Tuesday. On behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible, I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody.